Arizona Cardinals, Red Sea, rise up, Los Angeles Rams. Let's go, Ramley. Seattle Seahawks. Let's go, 12, get loud. San Francisco 49ers, home of the faithful. We're back. We're better than ever. The Cardinals are definitely better than ever before. Uh, and it's it's week seven. It's quest for the West. The Cardinals have really, uh, really separated themselves from the pack at this point in time. The Rams trying to keep pace. Seattle struggling a little bit. And the Niners are coming off of their break, hoping to get themselves back into contention and back into the conversation. And we got Evan from the He's on Fire podcast back with us again to discuss Everything that unfolded in week six, not a lot for the 49ers, but a lot for uh, for your Cardinals down there, my guy. Six and zero. Oh, you got you guys got a little bit of a, a little bit of a break with the cream hunt going down. Baker Mayfield's laboring right now, but you guys took care of business and handled that that Cleveland Browns team. What, what's going on? How are you feeling, man? Throughout the whole quest for the West, and when you were a guest on on our pod, I was a guest on Cutback. I've been saying the whole time, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. But now, now <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm really starting to drink the Kool-Aid. So I, I wish Sam was here um, for the Seahawks correspondent because I really needed you guys to kind of hold me back a little bit because, hell, man, I'm excited. I mean, chances that we go 7-0 and are easily probably over 90%. Anything can happen any given Sunday, obviously. Don't ever want to get too high, but never been 6-0. and I don't know what this feels like. You know, they say act like you've been here before. I don't know what this feels like. So everything guys, went right. Man, I, I got to say, dude, I, like, yeah, everything's going and everything's going right. And not that the things have gone right. They're continually going right. The schedule is favorable to you, too, down the stretch here. Um, the Texans this week coming up, that's a great matchup for you guys. You know, the Niners could win the next two and ha- give you guys a tougher matchup there week seven. But if the Panthers continue trending the way they're trending, on top of Seattle potentially being without Russell Wilson, you guys might not have another tight game other than that San Francisco and the Green Bay game back-to-back until the Rams there towards the, the end of the season. I mean... Oh, I'm not going that... I love your optimism. I'm not going uh, that far. You're not, you're not willing to go that far. Okay, so you, I like that because see, you've, you've, you've found a way to control and contain yourself, which is always a positive thing. What happened last week? Why did everything go go your guys's way in terms of just controlling the game? Because you did, you controlled the game. What do well, you? What did? What did the Cardinals do? They controlled the line of scrimmage. They controlled their rushing attack. Granted, okay, Nick Chubb wasn't playing, obviously, right. but you know what? That helped. Our head, our head coach wasn't there. Our backup True play also. caller wasn't there. Rodney Hudson is out. Chandler Hudson or Chandler Jones was out. Zach Allen was also out. Corey Peters test positive. Half of our defensive line is gone. Our tight end, Max Williams, on IR, and we don't have Zach Ertz yet. He's obviously wasn't going to play. So you know what? I don't want to hear about excuses. You you play the game that's in front of you and the schedule that is presented to you. And Kareem Hunt didn't get injured until late in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, Baker Mayfield didn't get hurt. I want to say until late in the third quarter. It felt like it was later in the game. It was definitely second half. And and that that game was kind of already enwrapped. And you take out that crazy hail mary to end the first half. They scored seven <laughs> points on us, man. They scored yeah. seven points on us. It was thirty-seven to seven is the score that that it would have been. So I mean, everything just went right. They had three turnovers in the first half, which only led to three field goals. But still, you have three turnovers. You're definitely not going to win. And without Chandler Jones, we still had six sacks. Everything went right, and Kyler Murray only threw for 208 yards and ran for six. Just nuts, dude. So it's what I've been it's what I've been saying to you. They're winning in different ways, and it's different every single week. And it's a lot, a lot, a lot of fun to watch right now. I would say so, man. And Marco Wilson definitely stepped up in a big way. He had himself a nice little game again. Um, This was the first time that I actually got to watch a Cardinals game without focusing on another football team. I didn't have to focus on the Niners, right? There was no nothing to do this weekend other than for me to look at NFC West opponents, what they're doing. I got to watch the Thursday night game without any any issues, right? I got to yep, yep. I got to watch you guys. Um, Sunday night I got to also. Sunday night as well. I, so, I mean, I got to a deep dive look at you guys, and that's the big thing right now is the defense looks incredible. It does look incredible for the Arizona Cardinals, but talk a little bit now about the Zach Ertz edition. I got to watch what he did with that Thursday night game with the with the Philadelphia Eagles against Tampa Bay, and I got to see him operate with no Dallas Goddard, nothing standing in his way. And as a receiver, he's definitely still got it. The receiving option in this league, he's definitely still a threat. What does this add to the offense that was already already stacked with weapons? Adding a guy like Zach Ertz with nobody else at the tight end position to be in his way. I just look at the red zone offense first and foremost. I think yep. he's going to be a critical, critical player. His route running for a tight end is unmatched, uh, except for maybe like a Travis Kelsey, you know, yep. his hands, his hands are there. He's six foot five. You can throw it up to him. I mean, you're going to have your best corners on AJ Green one side and then DeAndre Hopkins on the other side, right? All right. Well, who are you going to guard? You know, on the slot, you're going to guard Chris, uh, Christian Kirk or Rondale Moore. You got James Conner that can run it right up the gut. Chase Edmonds goes anywhere. And then you bring in a guy like Zach Ertz. I don't know what to expect because I expect Cliff Kingsbury to throw out everything. We're going to try this one time and then we're going to try this another time, just like he does. You saw it in the game. He has some really funky type of lineups. Now, obviously, Cliff Kingsbury wasn't there, but it's his playbook. Right. So I I expect him to line up as a fullback sometime and then go out and then go to the tight end and then, you know, go out, line up as a as the five receiver. Why can't he do that? He will do that against uh, smaller cornerbacks, too. So there's a lot of things that they're going to be able to do with him just because he's such a he's such a niche type of tight end. You know what I mean? Being at six foot five and, you know, those guys don't come around much. You guys are missing Kittle. You lost him the last game. Tight ends like that don't come around all the time. No, and they add so much to the to the offense and and uh, you know just what you can do in the variety of ways. Like you talked about, the variety of ways you can attack. Um, you know, you can stick them out wide and force a team to adjust their formation, right? And put a linebacker out there in space, way out there, or you make them occupy it with a corner, and that means you have one of your talented slot guys, or even a guy like D Hop that you can throw in the slot now. Now rolling against a safety or rolling against a linebacker, which is just it's just absolutely terrible. And Cleveland had that happened. That happened a few different times oh. where D Hop found himself wide open 
uh, versus zone coverage and a couple times on man where you know they thought linebacker thought oh i'm switching off here or safety's like oh i'm switching off here and uh no d hops wide open i'm sitting there going cleveland how him how him how do you lose deandre you can't lose deandre hopkins you can't do that yep uh but no they did they they (laughs) definitely did and made it made a it made your guys' job easier. Um, you guys were able to take advantage of that defense and the, the questions they have in their secondary. You slowed down the O which in, in the run game, which is huge. Um, and, you know, you, everyone can talk all they want about no Nick Chubb. You can only play and go against the guys that you're supposed to be facing. They did have Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has shown he's a very capable running back in this football league, especially with that Cleveland Browns team. And you guys stifled him. You kept him to 4.7 yards a carry, which is great because when he gets a lot of touches and has great games for them, he goes off eight, nine yards a carry. He does. Um, Seattle sliding now. Uh, the Russell Wilson effect is is going to have an impact there. But Geno Smith, I gotta give Geno Smith some credit. He's uh he's not doing too shabby over there. No, he's not. I mean, I also want to look at the their opponent too. I wasn't ever bought in onto the Steelers making I'm, any I'm type still, of run this year. I'm still not. Big Ben is definitely in the major decline phase of the career now it's not it's not there as much um they are they are i I have to give them some credit they are starting to go to Najee harris a lot and and rely on him and lean on him the problem for Najee harris is is that no one respects big ben anymore so they are loading the box and he is having to do a lot he had 24 carries 81 yards uh rushing it's only 3.4 carry um, and he's being utilized pretty heavy in the past game. This is this, I think this is the third consecutive week where he's had five or more receptions as well. This is a guy who's basically getting Derrick Henry workloads as a rookie in this league. That's that's a lot to to throw on to a, a young running back. Absolutely. I thought Geno Smith actually looked pretty composed during this game. He didn't throw a t- mm-hmm. he didn't throw an interception. He threw oh. a touchdown. Uh Alex Collins went off for 101 yards. What the heck? <laughs> what the heck, man? Offensive line play, man. Offensive line play and a weak defensive line as well, too, that just let just olayed them for a defensive line that, you know, kind of prides themselves on getting sacks and stopping the run. They they just let him kind of run freely. It was surprising. It was great for my wife who has him on fantasy and won because of him. I I can imagine. (laughs) But but man, I was surprised with the lack of physicality, discipline, maybe that Pittsburgh had in the second half, you know. The first half, it looked like they were going to run away with it. Seattle claws back and does what they do. Just typical Pete Carroll Seattle stuff. And then they just lost at the end to a field goal, and it happens. It does. And when when you're getting yourself, if you're Seattle, and I know Sam talked to you, he let me know a little bit about this. He he couldn't make Mm -hmm. tonight. He was having some internet issues. But we were were talking via Twitter. Fix it, Sam. Fix it. Get it fixed, man. Get in here. (laughs) Um, He let me know that the surprising part was how well – everybody else played with Seattle. Like you would expect the loss of Russell Wilson to be kind of a deflating thing. And he said, it seemed like everyone who needed to step up, step up the O-line stepped up. Alex Collins elevates uh, the defense does enough right to adjust after halftime. They didn't get a sack on big Ben, but they did have a lot of pressures. I know that. So everyone stepped up and did their part for, for Seattle to keep them in the game. And right now that's all you're asking for with no Russell Wilson. That's, that's kind of what you got to do. Keep games close. You know, give your defense an opportunity to win you some football games, if not, you know, stifle. And the offense, don't make that many mistakes. No, no picks. I'm from Geno Smith, but they did have a couple of fumbles. I know he had one. Three late. fumbles. Was it yeah, three? Man. Oh my gosh, I thought it was only two. Three, not great, but those things can be cleaned up. Like the the, the Geno Smith throwing no picks and throwing 32 passes, 
that's great because the big knock coming out of everywhere he's been and what, what was with the Jets was decision making and him not being a sound decision maker. He's had plenty of time in this league now. He sat behind Russell Wilson for a few years, so he's learned. He's learned now a lot, and he looks composed. If I'm Seattle fans right now, all hope isn't lost. No, but you got it. You got to get. You got to get a couple of wins, <laughs> at least one win here you, before you Russ gotta, can get back. You got the Saints on. I want to say it's Monday night, if I'm not mistaken. I believe and you're then, right. And then I just pulled it up. Yep, you have the Saints Monday night, and then you have and the, the Jaguars, Jags. and then you got to buy. True. You got time. There's no you reason they can't win both games. There's no reason There's they no- can't win both games. I would say the Saints game is going to be, it's obviously going to be a little bit tougher because you have Jameis and Jameis can either be great or be, you know, a turnover factory. Um, the Saints defense is, it's been hit or miss this year. So it's, that one's going to be tougher for sure. Because if the Saints put it all together on Monday night football, uh, you got yourself a, a tough matchup, but the Jags, you can win that game with Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. There, there are no doubt in my mind. Um, and then it's just a matter of, can can Russ get healthy in that bye? Because if Russ can get healthy in, uh, in that bye, and you're sitting at three and five coming out of your bye week with the Packers, at the Packers, we've seen Russell Wilson spoil uh, Green Bay hopes before. I wouldn't be the first time. That is very true. Hey, quick question before we get into some uh, Rams and Giants from this last week is is Bobby Wagner the best defensive player in the NFC West? I know everyone wants to say Aaron Donald. But I don't know, man. Bobby Wagner, what what can you not say about the guy? He does everything. He does everything. Um, and he he continue he defies all logic, man, because he's getting up there in age. And I I jokingly made a bold prediction last year in 2020 that we were gonna start to see the sun set on the Bobby Wagner, like in terms of the level of play, like that we were gonna start to see the twilight. And by the end of the season, I was like, man, that was bad. That was <laughs> that was a bad take. And I came in this year, and someone's like, well, do you think you have this year? I was like, I am not going to put any slander down on that man. I, I, it's like Tom Brady, right, in New England with the Patriots at the time when they were the evil empire. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I'm not counting them out until they do it. Like, until it actually happens, I'm just going to assume that they're going to somehow find a way to get to the Super Bowl. It's the same thing with Wagner. I'm going to assume that he's going to continue to play at a ridiculously high level, like an all-pro level, until – he doesn't until you know he's getting blown off the football he's not making any tackles he's getting injured so until that happens i'm not willing to to say a word of bad about bobby wagner that guy has done an incredible job what a long lengthy career he's had so, at an extremely high level he's gonna be a first battle hall of famer dude he oh easily to. easily so get this stat last year he had 138 total tackles okay That's- this year he has 72 through six games what 72 through six he needs 66 more tackles in 11 games to match (laughs) what he did last year he's He's averaging 12 and a half tackles per game on this last this last one right this last one he had what eight 14 eight to eight solo 14 total tackles eight solo oh my gosh oh my gosh he had 81 solo tackles last year in 16 games through six he has 40. that's nuts dude He's all over the place. He he really is. He's everywhere he needs him to be. And it's not just, this is what I mean. Some people will look at that and go, whoa, he's making tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, Bobby Wagner is making tackles at the sidelines for yeah. short games. He's making yep. tackles for loss. Uh, he's making tackles on underneath route. I mean, if there is a guy with the football in space, Bobby Wagner is tackling him. It doesn't matter where he is. He's bringing no. him down. And that's what you want he's, out of your middle line. He's linebacker. just as fast as everybody too. He has a sack that's already. True. He has passes defense. He's jumping up and knocking balls down. 
I, I've always hated Legion of Boom, but Bobby Wagner coming out of that and performing year after year after year. And there's only one time he's played less than 14 games and he played 11 games. Like durability, just just an amazing player. I, everybody wants to say Aaron Donald. I think Bobby Wagner needs a little bit of credit. And this is coming from an NFC West podcast, right? <laughs> all of Correct. your guys that you have on, on your defense or, or have had, all the Cardinals mm-hmm. defenders, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, and we're sitting here talking about Bobby Wagner. So props it, on you. It is. It, Bobby Wagner, is a, he's a dude. He's a real dude. Um, and, and now, though, we got to talk about this Rams team because this Rams team, Giants were, were coming off of a, a nice win. They're coming into a nice situation there. Everything's starting to feel real good with the Giants. Uh, and then and then absolute just disaster strike. I mean, just like the worst possible thing that you could you could possibly imagine for them. Um, you know, no Saquon Barkley doesn't make anything easier for him. Daniel Jones coming off of a concussion as well. Um, things just not going the way of of the football team, and the Rams do exactly what they needed to do to a an injury riddled depleted giants team that is just trying to hold on for dear life uh slow first quarter but man what an explosion in the second and this is what you can expect from teams like the rams right with this in this league in this conference in this division and you guys as well you guys both your teams are capable of doing those types of things 28 points in a quarter four touchdowns just absolutely taking a game that was tight blowing the, the the hinges off the door right and then being like yeah no sorry this is over yeah granted it's against the giants one and Correct. five yeah not you great know, take that for what you, but it's a road win it's a road win in the nfl that's hard to come by and it's one of those games just like the cardinals game just last week there wasn't any real eye-popping offensive stats except for cooper cup which what can you say about him matthew stafford only season yeah, he only threw for 234 yards. It's not like he was slinging it all down the field. And, and they did get a turnover, which got they got the ball in the red zone already. So that kind of inflates that to a point. But four touchdowns, ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, 131 yards on the ground between Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson. One TD by Henderson as well. They're, they're still playing. a damn good team. And Daryl Henderson has been playing absolutely phenomenal. I was joking before the year that after Sony, Mich- not Sony Michelle, but after uh, Cam Akers went down, Rams running game is going to be hurting. No, Daryl Henderson has done an incredible job. The vision has changed from year one to year two. He looks more explosive. Uh, he's very, he's much more dynamic now in the run game than he's ever been before in the past. That's exactly what they needed. I mean, it literally is. Matt Stafford needed a guy that they could turn around and hand the ball off to and know, hey, this guy's going to get three or four yards. We can do this consistently. And then, you know, when we need to, I can open this thing up and sling it. Because in Detroit, that was never the case. The run game was never established. It was never there. It was Matt Stafford, your arm, get it done or else. Now it's Matt Stafford, your arm is here, but we don't necessarily need to use it. We can kind of balance that a little bit, which is great for him and great for that team. One thing I am concerned about, maybe not concerned isn't the right word. I'm surprised is the lack of targets to Robert Woods. It's been, it's been shocking. It's been shocking. Um, and, and I haven't really dove into film and I want to. I kind of want to dive into the film from the first few weeks of the season and really take a look at it. Because week one, he was targeted a lot, but there wasn't a lot of receptions. Um, and then it was basically nothing. Nothing until that uh, that Thursday night game against Seattle, where he went absolutely off. He went crazy, um, and Cooper had a 
I wouldn't even say Cooper Cup didn't even have a bad game. He had a solid game. It just didn't have the touchdowns attached to to all the yards mm-hmm. and the receptions. Um, it's interesting because I was <laughs> expecting that to be with Cooper Cup exploding. I was expecting more production early in the season for Robert Woods. I don't know if it's a concept thing. I don't know if people are just taking things away and basically forcing teams to, I guess, go to Tyler Higby or some of these other guys. Um, but I, I can tell you, it feels like teams are running a lot of zone against the Rams. And when they do that, Stafford seems to be very comfortable finding Cooper Cup in whatever space he needs to be in. Hey, he's finding the open guy. Maybe they're taking Robert Woods away a little bit more than we think, and these other guys are open. I mean, Matt Stafford is more comfortable showing the throwing the up to 12 yards in tight coverage windows type of player, you know? So maybe they Absolutely. don't have – yeah, maybe they don't have the – the repertoire yet they didn't get to do a lot during a COVID off season maybe I don't know what it is but the targets are definitely down I mean all of last year he had I mean the last three years 130 139 129 targets he only has 44 through six Oof. so just that alone is very surprising I mean his average is up a little bit to 12.4 from 10 it's just surprising it's just an interesting indicator here that it looks like it's a trend that's going to keep going. They also have Sony Michelle who they, who can get catch passes out of the backfield as well too. So again, you know, there's a lot of interesting factors, but yeah, please, I'd love for you to watch the film. So I don't have to, and you can just tell me what's going on. That'd be great. I'm a film junkie, man. I just, I can't get enough of it. I just, I really, I really can't. I, I wonder too, also if the situation there is a little bit of Tyler Higby now not having to share with Gerald Everett in that system. Maybe he's getting a little bit more of a target share, and so that's just eating into some of what Woods was getting. And I'm trying to pull up right now what his target share is already through. So, yeah, I mean, last two seasons, he's been hovering around basically 89 and 60 is what it was. He's already through six games at 25 targets. So he's looking at a a situation right now where he's going to be pushing closer to, maybe not, because it's a 75. 75 targets roughly is what we're looking at. 75 plus an extra game, maybe 80. Maybe 80. So it's about on par. So, yeah, it's not that. It's not Tyler Higby getting targeted more. Um, He definitely is doing more with his receptions this year than he he has. He's got more receptions right now than he has at any other point in the season this early. But it's not that. So maybe it is. Maybe you're right. Maybe there is a chance that teams are just – Taking certain things away. Cooper Cup is his targets have gone way up. One twenty four last year and sixty eight this year, all the way through. Six Already, games. oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna that that he's he might get targeted two hundred times. Exactly. <laughs> so a I mean, for two hundred targets, it could just I mean, be Stafford. When you're a guy that's that good too, that just is twenty four seven open. You got to feed him the rock, and he was the best receiver through the first four weeks. I know. I'm not sure about five and six. I remember hearing that. So. You got to you got to feed him the rock. I mean, nine receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns. They're winning, right? Is Robert Woods really going to be upset? Heck no, they're not going to care. And this is they're not. They're they're really not. And the Rams aren't going to be even less. I don't know about less concerned, but they got they got the Lions this week. They they got themselves a nice little cakey cake matchup. And guess who this they have the tough, week after? And they got the Texans afterwards. I, yes, it's it's what a nice soft padded schedule there for the next few weeks for them it does get tough after that you get titans you get the niners and you get the packers bang 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 um and hopefully the niners at that point have rebounded and are the team i i hope that they can be uh, but the titans are definitely starting to become that team that everyone thought they were going to be they took it from you guys early in the season and they've come back very strong here in the last few weeks 
um, and really throughout the, the whole year for them. Um, the mm-hmm. real interesting thing is going to be with the Rams having the Lions and the Texans, the Niners are going to have the Colts this week, and then immediately afterwards going to have the Bears. So the Niners have themselves two great games, two great opportunities against two teams that are struggling to find an identity, really, with the Colts and the Bears to get themselves back into the fold and back really into the swing of uh, swing of the season and the swing of the NFC West. So they don't want to fall behind too much. If they fall behind too much, it's going to be a problem. The good news for you guys is that you're going to get to see the 49ers play the Colts and the Cardinals will be able to take a lot from that game because you guys have them on Christmas Day later in the year. Um, It'll be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be that's going to be a good game, especially if the Colts are able to get some things cleaned up and, and looked at because right now Carson Wentz, he isn't – I wouldn't say Carson Wentz is struggling, um, but the offense is 1,500 yards whole, and nine TDs. It's not, it's not struggling. It, it doesn't feel like struggling, but it's mm-hmm. not what I think – fans expected sure. in Colts land out of what, you know, him back with Reich could potentially be. But so, I mean, nine touchdowns to one interception, 1500 yards. He's not having a bad year. It's just not the eye popping year. I think everyone expected. And Jonathan Taylor is doing really well too. I'm curious to see how Jonathan Taylor does against your guys's run defense, considering we couldn't get anything going against your defense. So what are they going to do? And he's one of the, I think he's fifth in rushing so far this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have they have a great offense. They played the Seahawks in the first game, right when they had Russell Wilson. Okay, that's an L. Then they played the Rams when the Rams were on fire. That's an L. Played the Titans. I mean, they almost beat the Rams. By the way, lost to they the re, lost to the Seahawks by twelve. Then they played the Titans. So boom, 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 right out the gate. Beat the Dolphins. Lose to the Ravens only by six. Crush the Texans. And if they want to stay in the AFC South, they need to win some games. And this could be the type of game that would get the Colts back on track as well, too. So both teams, two and four, desperate for a win. You should see a desperate performance Sunday night. Uh, Sunday night is going to be it's going to be a scrap down beat out brawl because both of these teams, like you just said, man, they need it. They both need it. They both got to have it. The Niners definitely need to have it. The Colts, you don't want to fall any further behind. They do have a little bit of a, I would, I don't know about a lighter schedule, um, but you don't, you don't have any favors. They got Tennessee after San Francisco, and then they have the Jets in week nine, and that's when their schedule starts to lighten up a little bit. But if you mm-hmm. drop two more and you're sitting at that two and six spot, that is going to be an almost insurmountable hole to climb out of. They could they could run the table and still finish the year off eleven and six, but you're giving everyone a large head start in order to accomplish that. And there's no guarantee that they're all going to lose those games throughout the rest of the way. Um, so yeah, no, the, the big matchup is definitely going to be that running game and what the Colts have, have established with Jonathan Taylor so far through his first two years in the league, um, and how they're going to continue it. And then also, can this pass rush get after Carson Wentz and disrupt him a little bit? Because when Carson Wentz is, Wentz is under pressure, is when he starts to make decisions or make poor throws. And poor throws and poor decisions can lead to short fields for the 49ers, whose offense has been struggling. So uh, I'd appreciate that, Carson. Get us some short fields. Get us some potential easy points on the board. And maybe that'll kickstart the Niners, though. Um, but no, it's it's going to be a, a knockdown beat out of a contest this, this Sunday. Who's your quarterback? It's Jimmy. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy was back at practice on Monday. Okay. Trey was not practicing yet. Mm. Um, they didn't practice to, uh, they didn't practice on Tuesday. So Wednesday practice, we'll get a better idea of if Trey's going or not. If Trey's out there doing some stuff, then we're probably going to have both quarterbacks available. I would imagine Jimmy's the starter. He's the guy going in. But I won't be surprised anymore if if our predictions before the year about the Shanna plan and Kyle using both quarterbacks 
kind of in tandem and mixing him in and out a little bit more than than what we saw early in the season. If that doesn't start happening, now that Trey's had some snaps and had some opportunities and teams have seen how he's used in the system, Kyle could potentially flip the script, get him out there and do some different things than maybe what teams are expecting. Interesting. I would love to see that. But you know the old saying, though, if you don't have one, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Yep. I mean, it's it's uh, it's true. I mean, it's a true saying. It's been true in almost every circumstance and every situation. But there's always an exception to the rule. So I'm going to hold out ah. hope and faith that this is the <laughs> exception uh, and not the case. But uh, all signs typically point to that being being okay. being the, the actual reality. Right. Absolutely. And we're going to find out the the other matchup that I'm intrigued by. I'm actually a little bit more intrigued by this than uh, than everybody else would be. We kind of talked about the Seahawks and Saints a little bit. I really want to know what Alvin Kamara versus Bobby Wagner is going to look like. That's going to be the big one because the Seahawks defensive line isn't all that great. Their linebackers have always been so stout. And so what can LASIK Jameis do? to get Kamara just in into the fold, right? Yeah, I mean both in the in, in the run game and the pass game because they'll utilize Kamara in the pass, right? And then oh, yeah. in the run game, if Jameis isn't making mistakes and is able to push the ball vertically against the Seahawks defense, which is entirely possible and plausible, um then it opens up everything for Alvin Kamara. Like it just makes his job 10 times easier cuz you're not going to stack the box you're going to have to keep guys deep over the top. You have to keep your safeties deep, which means less safety run support, which means Jamal Adams on an island a little bit more out there in space or them sacrificing, right, and just having to run cover three shells. So now Jameis is dropping back knowing right away off the get-go, I got Jamal Adams in the box. He might be blitzing. He's definitely at least up here in run support. He's going to be playing underneath, and I got three guys over the top. I know where to go with the football. I've seen Drew Brees do this a thousand times. Exactly. Did you see on what I guess it was last night's football game, Jamal Adams and his intro? Did you see what he said there? No, I missed it. So when they do the intros and they say so and so, I'm from Stanford University or whatever, right? Jamal Adams, best safety in the nation. That's what he said. And then did you see the pick that hit him in the face mask? No, I missed I I missed the pick like live, but I saw the replay immediately afterwards. <laughs> Not not ba- not best safety in the nation uh, material. That's not no, that's not the kind of stuff you don't want to put I, that on national television. and Then do that. I think he's the most overrated safety in in the nation. Personally, uh, you know we we call him around here a uh, glorified defensive end. He's just he's just a defensive end pretending to play safety, like Adrian Wilson for the Cardinals. I remember that. I remember yeah. those times. Yeah, except you didn't want to run into Adrian Wilson. No, he, you, you, he'll, you he'll knock Jerome Bettis down. <laughs> That's true. That was a that was a that was a mean dude. That was a mean dude indeed, man. Look, this this week is gonna be is gonna be fun, right? The, the Cardinals get a chance to yet an easier opponent, an easier matchup, but by no means can you take it light. You're trying to get to that big seven and zero and really separate yourself from the rest of the West. Uh, Rams are gonna try and keep pace against the Lions. Seattle is going to try and climb out of the tailspin that they're currently in, not fall to two and five against the Saints team that's hungry and trying to keep pace in their own division as well and keep themselves up in the top and near the top. And the 49ers are trying to reestablish this offense, get themselves back on the right foot, get themselves back into a winning formula and a winning situation. So that way later in this year, later on down the road, we're hopefully still competing with all you guys up there sitting at the top for that top spot in the NFC West. Uh, Evan, it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be an exciting week. And let everyone know where they can find you. 
at He's On Fire podcast. We're also going to be on ASAP Network now, All Sports All Play Network. That just got awesome. announced as well, too. Uh, we're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, He's On Fire podcast. So, but hit us up on Twitter. Love to interact with everybody. And thanks for having me on again. Hey, man. Always a blast. Always a good time to take a look at the NFC West, see where everyone's at, see what everyone's doing, and see how the, all the fan bases are feeling, right? Because all of us are fans, and all of us have our, our own feelings and opinions on the, the conference itself, the division, and then our own teams. So it's always good to get a little bit of inside perspective and, and outside perspective as well as the rest of the conference, the rest of the division. It's a lot of fun. Looking forward to next week, man. We'll see you then. Cutback crew. Quest for the West is heating up. 49ers in a desperate situation. The Cardinals sitting up on that top spot, Go sitting cards. at the end of the table. They're feeling good. Red Sea has risen up. We'll see what week seven has in store.